Hey there, this is Steph from StephBuccio.com with another episode of Geopets Knob Pod Pomo, National Podcast Posting Month. Every day this month, crazy podcasters like myself will be posting a podcast episode. You can find out more at Pomo. it's N-A-P-O-D-P-O-M-O dot O-R-G. And there's also a Facebook group by the same name. All month long, I will be doing a range of experimental catch-up episodes with previous guests of all of the Geopets podcast network. That's a lot of podcasts. It's eight visible to you, 10 to me, because I'm working on a couple of them. No, they're not all active at the same time. I am not that insane, but there are a lot of them. There's two main ones that are active most of the time. That's Geopets podcasting and Geopets language. And the other ones, like one you're going to hear from today, well, should we say it pod faded or that we came to a conclusion and stopped and there's still interesting conversations in there. Yeah, it's easier to say pod faded, isn't it? (laughs) Anyway, all of the podcasts can be found at, all of the podcasts can be found at stephfuccio.com forward slash podcasts. The past two days, we've been hearing from and about uh, Summer Rylander of Eat Something, Go Somewhere. And there was mention of TCK, a third culture kid in the book Global Soul by Pico Iyer. Actually, mostly I think I was the one that brought up the term TCK because I realized that Pico was a third culture kid and I didn't realize that for about the first decade and a half I was reading his books and watching his interviews and things like that. During the first year that I was doing uh, interviews, I had a show called Virtual Expats that is now rebranded as Geopets Online. And I interviewed a fascinating young woman called Ting about her TCK-ness. But not just that, it was how her online-ness was affected by her movement to many, many different countries. There is a clip that I found of her talking about that element, but also about language elements too. And I think that bridges us very, very nicely from Summer's uh, book episode about Pico Iyer and place and home and all of those good things. And Matt's episodes on Thursday and Friday coming up about language, because Ting talks about all of that in this less than 10 minute clip that I want to play for you today. As always, I will have the link to the full interview that I did with Ting. Gosh, when was that? That was August 16th, 2019. Wow, that was a while ago. (laughs) Anyway, it's uh, episode 18, My Experience is Where I Am From. And you can, uh, I'll have it in the show notes, but just in case you want to hear it, it's stephfuccio.com forward slash geopetsonline forward slash 18. A couple more things before we get into the mini clip from that episode. If you like this or any of the Geopets Pod Pomo episodes this month, or to be quite honest with you, any of the podcasts that we produce in the Geopets Podcasting Network, here are a few ways you can help keep us going. All of the podcasts are hosted by Captivate FM, an insanely creative-oriented hosting service with personality, marketing, know-how, and more. So yeah, I highly recommend them. The link will be in the show notes for you. And feel free to buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash geopats. The full information and all of the links to the things that I just mentioned, including more information about Ting and her full episode, will be at stephfuccio.com forward slash pomo forward slash 
34. All right, let's get to the awesomeness that is Ting, who is going to bridge us from globalness and TCK-ness over to languages. Although Ting is in her 20s, her location trajectory is something like this. China, US, China, US, Singapore, Hong Kong, US, China. Is your head swirling yet? Mine was, but hers wasn't. And that's the thing. This kind of frequent geographic change might unnerve some people and even disorient them. But for Ting, it seems like it only solidified who she was globally, not just in relation to one nation, one place, one culture. Ting studied economics and global studies at university, and it was the connections between her and her fellow TCKs that attracted her attention the most, which is why she's currently working on documenting the voices of those multi-place, multicultural individuals. I'll keep you updated, and uh, when her projects come out, I'll let you know so you can partake in them as well. Let's have a listen to Ting. Okay, but oh my gosh, I can't believe I didn't ask you this yet, because you've country... Country helped is so the wrong word. You've changed countries a few times. <laughs> yeah. What languages have you used online? Language. So, of course, on... Facebook and Instagram mm-hmm. would just be, like, English, because mm-hmm. I feel like most... It depends on, like, who my friends are on that platform, and mm-hmm. if they're mostly English-speaking, then, yeah, English seems like the way to go. But on WeChat, I would kind of tend to juggle around between English and Chinese, depending mm-hmm. on what's the best way I can, like, express that. And I don't think it's a big deal, because on WeChat, it's, like, obviously most of my friends... Is still like Chinese, but then you also have a lot of foreign friends that are using WeChat nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it's become this whole mesh pot of everything. Yeah. <laughs> friends, family, your colleagues, mm-hmm. people you meet at work events, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever switch if you're talking to someone who knows English and Chinese, do you do you tend to code switch within the, the messages? Oh yeah, that definitely happens. It only happens with other third cultured kids, I mm-hmm. guess, because uh, they tend to have, you know, an equal grasp of those languages, so it's mm-hmm. like, it makes sense. But usually I would just stick to whatever language I first met the person in. Like, if we met yeah. first and we talked in, like, English. You are this language, yeah. Then you are this yeah, language. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's Chinese, then you're this language. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have you ever deleted a social media post after you put it out into the world? Yeah, I have. I think most people, most people, most people have. Because you post something and you realize, wait, this is not something I actually want to have out there. So mm. uh, let me just delete that really quick and hope no one else saw yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet everybody has. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, who was the first person I interviewed for this podcast. Hi, Joe. She wanted to know, do you share more stuff in real time? Or do you share it after the fact, like a day or two later or something? Mm. Oh, that's actually a really good question. It is. Thank you, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people share in real time. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I guess I used to share in Mm -hmm. real time. Also depends because a lot of functions are made for sharing in real time. Mm -hmm. I remember back when oh yeah this is something i forgot to mention because my addiction with it was so brief it was snapchat oh <laughs> you're the first person to talk about snapchat <laughs> <laughs> isn't it still around i think so i, I just it's just gotten replaced by instagram stories and oh, facebook stories poor thing and now wechat has stories <laughs> everyone is doing these stories <laughs> 
Yeah, what is that? What is that? It just popped up like two weeks ago. Yeah. Were you only on there for a little while? I think it was like a, also one of those fads that just became so huge mm-hmm. that like you can't ignore anymore. Yeah. So I was on it. And I guess I kind of like see the appeal because it's like before maybe on social media when you post, you kind of have to think about it because it's like there. It's going to be forever there mm-hmm. unless you purposely delete it. Yeah. Whereas on Snapchat, your your head doesn't even have to go through a filter whether you want to post this or not. And most people on your Snapchat is going to be your close friend, mm-hmm. not going to be anywhere else. So you so feel wait, really comfortable. How long did it last for when you posted something? Uh, I think it was like 24 hours. Oh, okay. So people could scroll through for those 24 hours and they would see your stuff. But after that point, it would just go away. Yeah, that was like your stories. And then mm-hmm. you can also, you know, send picture snaps to your friend. Mm-hmm. And those were just like, once you opened it, they were gone. So you couldn't save pictures? No. But, and also like, huh. Like, okay. So for example, your friend sent you like a picture. Mm-hmm. You would like open it and it would be on the screen for like, like 10 seconds, mm-hmm. five seconds. And afterwards it'd be gone. But. You could save pictures they sent you. You just screenshot it. Mm-hmm. But then they would know if you screenshot it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, it sent them like an indication that you Like, did yeah, that. yeah. So like they would be aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to be pretty quick to also to open it and know that you wanted to screenshot exactly. it and stuff to. Yeah. Wow. But because of the temporariness, people were just free to send whatever yeah. they wanted. <laughs> that sounds somewhat dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> Now, where were you when you were using Snapchat? I think it was around maybe, like, a little bit U.S. Mm-hmm. and um, more so in, like, Singapore, actually. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I've heard about it. I just haven't really... <laughs> you didn't. You did I, not. I missed that moment. <laughs> no, I, I think um, they, they also, like, purposely targeted, like, you know, students. <laughs> yeah. And my nieces were about that age, and I remember them... S- like talking about it with their mom, but I just was like, what? Another app? Ah, go away. <laughs> I was just so saturated at that point. I'm like, no, can't handle it. <laughs> so do you think that in your movement from China to the US and back and Singapore and Hong Kong and all of these places, do you think that what you did online changed because of where you were or because of that stage of growing up? Because you've, you've used online stuff longer than anybody I've interviewed yet. So (laughs) we've got the complication of what you're doing in life changing a lot, along with your geography, along with online things becoming available. Yeah, I think think it was a combination of all those Mm -hmm. because being like social media slow, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like I didn't feel like I had a lot of control over Mm -hmm. like what online mediums I chose to like express myself. Mm -hmm. It kind of just felt like, oh, you're pushed by this big wave of, like, Um, what everyone else was using. And sometimes it just becomes, like, necessary that you have to use this tool. Right. Um, You weren't really making the conscious decision, like, oh, I I should get on this because, you Mm -hmm. know, I feel the... I, 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 like, want to or something. Mm -hmm. But I think as you get older, you have more control over it. I don't know. (laughs) Having just listened to you say that, I was like, yeah, you're so right. And I feel like I still, even though I missed, I didn't, I didn't have that wave of tech during my, oh, that's so funny. I listened to a podcast called the wave of tech. Anyway, I didn't have that digital pressure in high school, Mm -hmm. but I definitely feel like 
once it became, once the Facebooks and the, like I started on Hotmail before Facebook and those kinds of things, once those started to happen, I feel like even now I get kind of caught up in what's available online and what new things people are using and I'll experiment with it. And like, it's probably more important job wise where things are, mm-hmm. but I definitely want to go to the places where people are because that's where you find the most stuff. Yeah. So I feel like it's still relevant even now. Exactly. To this old person right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's hard to push back against the current, which is why yeah. I just find it amazing. Like my best friend is like, how mm-hmm. she could just stay away from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess it's easier because if you decide to not jump on the wagon, mm-hmm. when it first comes, it's a lot easier to ignore the rest of it. Yeah. Whereas if you kind of hopped on to whatever wagon, it's like you're down this sloppy hill (laughs) very 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 big rabbit hole yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's so true thank you so much to ting for being such an awesome guest way back in august of 2019 i did reach out to her tonight on wechat to see if there's an update with her audio projects on documenting tck's that she was interviewing and if uh, i get a reply within the month of november i will let you know And if not, I'll put it on the uh, Geopats online. I'll do a mini-sode over there with an update on that. Um, This episode is brought to you by StephFuccio.com, where I offer custom services, including but not limited to podcast editing and podcast workshops. You can find the full show notes to and all of the links of everything we've talked about in this episode at stefffuccio.com forward slash pomo forward slash 34. And you have been warned that tomorrow and Friday, <laughs> I warned? I don't know. You've been warned that tomorrow and Friday are going to get languagey. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Geopad's Pomo. Thank you so much. More tomorrow. <laughs>